Who are you going to call? Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week we haunt the halls of Wall Street, avoiding particle accelerators and oozing ectoplasm all the while, picking up as many interesting tidbits as we can about the financial market. This week we're thinking about gender and ghosts of the past. Now, some might say that we're always thinking about the ladies, but this week I promise you, we're thinking about gender. All right, we might be a little late on this one. The new Ghostbusters movie came out a few weeks ago, but we thought we'd save it until after the Democratic convention. Why? Well, Hillary Clinton just became the first woman to become nominated for president by a major U.S. political party. And it happened in the same month that Sony released the controversial remake of Ghostbusters. Now, the reason the movie is controversial, that in itself is controversial. Get it? I think so. The movie did all right at the box office, but going into the release, there were months of caustic vitriol pouring out of the internet. A group of people went into this movie hating it, but did they hate it because it's an unnecessary remake of a near-perfect Hollywood classic, or did they hate it because society is misogynistic? And this particular unnecessary remake of a near-perfect Hollywood classic stars four women in roles previously held by men? Well, all this got us thinking about Clinton and the changes that have been made just in her working life. You know, it's been more than 30 years since the original Ghostbusters, and more than 40 years since Clinton started her working life. Now, we'll take a look at where we stand as a society on gender issues now, compared to when Clinton started her career. And we'll also take our usual tour of Wall Street. There was some new jobs data released last week, and we'll take a closer look at that. Central banks around the world are scrambling to head off a slowdown. We'll let you know who took aggressive steps last week. We'll also check in on the Fed, who would love to start raising rates if only that pesky economy would let them. And we'll also take a look at what's on the docket for this week. We've got some data about the consumer to look forward to and earnings from one of the world's biggest media companies. This is the It's Not the Girl edition of Offbeat Wall Street. She's not my girlfriend. I find her interesting because she's a client and because she sleeps above her covers four feet above her covers. She barks, she drools, she claws. It's not the girl, Peter, it's the building. All right, it was another good month on the jobs front. Data released by the U.S. Labor Department showed that the U.S. economy added 255,000 jobs in July. That was a lot more than the 185,000 that economists had predicted, but wait... There's more. June's job growth was revised higher. The latest report showed 292,000 jobs were added in the month, and that's up from the previous estimate of 287,000. The unemployment rate held steady at 4.9%. This part of the report was actually a mild disappointment. Economists were looking for that jobless rate to edge down to 4.8%. But still, two months of better-than-expected job growth is good news for the economy. Now, you might remember that May's report was a stunning disappointment. Job growth in that month was a paltry 24,000. That May report raised some serious doubts about the economy, so the good reports in June and July have allowed economists to heave some heavy sighs of relief. (sighs) Kind of like that. Elsewhere in the world, the outlook for the economy isn't quite as bright. In the U.K., for instance, policymakers are taking dramatic steps to stave off a slowdown. 
Last week, the Bank of England announced a massive package of measures meant to stimulate the economy. Now, that included the first interest rate hike for the economy since 2009 for the country, as a matter of fact. The central bank also announced an expansion of its quantitative easing program. Now, the moves are meant to help the U.K. avert the risk of recession. Worries about a downturn in the economy are partially driven by worries about Brexit. While we're on the subject, the Bank of England drastically downgraded its growth projections. It said the Brexit vote heightened uncertainty, and the sharp depreciation in the sterling forced it to increase its inflation forecast. The U.K. wasn't the only place, though, where stimulus was being pumped up last week. Japan also saw measures to prop up the economy. The Japanese cabinet approved an economic stimulus package worth more than 28 trillion yen. Now just compare that to the situation here in the U.S. The U.K. central bank is lowering its interest rates and increasing its quantitative easing. So Japan's putting in place a multi-trillion yen stimulus program. And all this is happening while the Fed is looking for an opportunity to raise rates. Last month, the Federal Reserve once again held rates steady following its regularly scheduled policy meeting. However, the Fed tried to open the door for an increase at its next meeting, which takes place in September. The central bank noted that near-term risks to the economic outlook have diminished, but in case you aren't fluent in Fed speak, I'll translate. They're saying things are looking a little better. Okay? The strong jobs report in July might add to the Fed's optimism, giving it additional room to hike rates. Markets are a little skeptical, though. Right now, investors are pricing in about an 18% chance of a rate hike at the Fed's next meeting in September. That number comes from the CME's Fed Futures Trading. Still, the odds of a rate increase rose notably after the jobs report was released. Going into the report, investors had priced in just a 12% chance of a hike in September. And remember, there's about a month and a half to go until the policy meeting, until you're playing this back in December. Whereas, well, it's just about old news by now. (laughs) So a lot of information is still set to come out before the Fed makes its decision, or it's already come out and you're just not aware of it yet. All right, looking further out, the chance of a hike this year is sitting at about 48%. It was less than 40% headed into the jobs report. The strong jobs number brought the odds of a rate increase this year to about 50-50. But if we know the Fed wants to hike rates and we've seen signs of job growth recently... Why is the market so skeptical that the Fed will hike rates this year? Well, remember last month when GDP figures showed that the economy grew a disappointing 1.2% in the second quarter, and that followed 1.1% growth in the first quarter? Not a promising sign. (laughs) And the shock of May's jobs report is still fresh in the minds of economists and policymakers. And a lot will ride on next month's employment report. That release is set for September 2nd. That might be an economic report of biblical proportions. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough. I get the point. But what if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right, and we can stop this thing, Lenny, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. All right, we've got another few months of campaigning, but election season is finally coming into its home stretch. And a weird election season keeps getting weirder. Now, lately, we've had Donald Trump feuding with grieving parents of a soldier killed in action. We've also had Trump refusing to endorse either Speaker of the House Paul Ryan or former presidential candidate John McCain, although he reversed course and now is, in fact, endorsing both of those. You know, basic Trump being Trump stuff. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton has stayed pretty quiet. That could be a good or bad thing. But with all the 
the focus on Trump, it still gets a little lost how historic this election is. Now, we all know Clinton's the first woman to get the nomination from a major party. It just gets pushed to the back burner most of this time in the election, you know, with emails and all that sort of stuff. There's now less than 100 days until we head into the voting booths, so we thought it would be a good time to take a quick tour of the last 40 or so years and see how much things have changed in just half a lifetime. All right, Hillary Clinton graduated from law school in 1973. Now, at the time, there were no women in the Senate. Margaret Chase Smith from Maine had lost her re-election bid in 1972. She had been the only woman in the Senate for most of the 24 years she served. Smith is still one of the longest-serving women senators in history, by the way. Clinton, of course, would join the Senate in 2001, one of 13 women in the Senate, for the 107th Congress. When Clinton left school, there had never been a woman Secretary of State. The first would have been Madeleine Albright, appointed by Mr. Clinton in 1997. And Clinton would become Secretary of State in 2009. And obviously, no woman had ever been nominated for the presidency by a major political party until last week. But you remember in 1984, though, Geraldine Ferraro became the first woman to be nominated for vice president. But that nod took place more than a decade after Clinton entered the workforce. And just looking at the general state of women in the workplace, the wage gap in 1973 was wider than it would ever be again. Now, that year, women earned 56.6% of what men earned. That figure was even lower than where it was in 1960 when the stat came in at 60.7%. Lots changed in a few decades. There's now 20 women in the Senate. Of course, by rights, the number should be closer to 50, but it's still better than the zero that there were when Clinton started her career. So to put it in perspective, in 1973, there were only 13 women in the House of Representatives, 13 out of 435. And now there's more women in the 100-person Senate than there were in the House back when Clinton was starting out. Thinking about the Secretary of State, one of the top cabinet posts, starting with Albright, three of the last five secretaries of state have been women, including Clinton, of course, and to the wage gap. Now, the figure stands at almost 79%. And as Ivanka pointed out in her speech to the Republican convention, much of that gap is related to motherhood and differences in opportunity. The wage gap is nearly non-existent when comparing women and men in the same jobs with the same levels of education and experience. And a 2010 article in Time gave some evidence that women in their 20s were out-earning men in some cities. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness, monster and the theory of Atlantis. Uh, If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. All right, speaking of paychecks, last week we had the fireworks of a better-than-expected jobs report. This week, though, kind of a letdown. The biggest report due out this week is the retail sales report Friday. Retail sales give a pretty good look at the health of the consumer. Consumer spending, of course, fuels about two-thirds of the U.S. economy, so it's a key driver of economic growth. Last month, the retail sales figures suggested some strength in consumer demand. The Commerce Department said the figures rose six-tenths of a percent in June, and that was well above the near-stagnant one-tenth of a percent that economists were predicting. Now, this week, we'll see the release of a few other second-tier and third-tier economic reports. That'll include some figures on productivity, wholesale trade, import and export prices, and consumer sentiment. Now, the government will also release some closely-watched inflation statistics. The report will detail changes in producer prices, which is a gauge of wholesale inflation. The stats don't track prices changes on the consumer level, but it'll give a look if there are any inflationary pressures working on companies. And that report is due out on Friday. The corporate release schedule is a little boring this week as well. Most of the big stars of earnings season have already trotted across the screen. So we're running into some leaner times like the last couple of seasons of The Office after Steve Carell left. 
Eh, but, you know, it isn't all dregs. While Disney is set to release its quarterly results this week, media giants expected to see a notable bump in its bottom line compared to last year. Sales are expected to climb by about 8%. Now, Disney's report is set for release after the close of Tuesday's trading. The retail sector will also be in focus next week as a number of big-name department stores are set to announce their quarterly results. The docket includes Kohl's, Nordstrom's, Macy's, and JCPenney. Good evening. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And hey, if you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, go ahead and rate and review the show. You know, those good ratings help other people discover the show. It is very helpful. Also, let all of your friends know. Also, check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. It's coming together. Still work to be done. You can check out all the additional great content that's posted there throughout the week. Also, follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet. That's street like ST on a street sign. And, of course, thanks to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for script writing and co-producing the podcast. And, of course, a great big special thanks and a big squishy hug to our good friends at RTT News. They provide a lot of the news and stats we use in the show. So for up-to-date info on the markets, check them out rttnews.com. And hey, as we say goodbye, we're giving the final words of the new Ghostbusters. They're here to tell you that when you're looking for a job, don't forget to highlight all your best attributes. You never know what's going to land you the gig. Why am I operating the untested nuclear laser? You have the longest arms. Have a great week, everybody.